Well, good morning. I am thankful that uh, we got some rain. Uh, I am also thankful, as I've told multiple people this morning, my house didn't uh, float away. So uh, that was exciting. Uh, very loud rain last night, and uh, but it was beautiful seeing all the moisture that we got uh, this morning. So uh, very thankful for all of that and what God does for us, especially through providing moisture. Now, I want to do a little exercise with you. Um, hopefully, you remember this from back in the day, but uh, we usually uh, do this with our kids, especially when they're younger. And we'll go up to them and we'll do it during our Bible time. And I want you to answer these questions. Who made mommy? God did. Who made daddy? God did. Right? Who made me? God did. And we do that when we are with our kids and we're training them to show them that look at what God has done for us. And I've always loved doing that. But for some reason, uh, we forget about what God has done and we don't really focus that on adults. Right? And so this morning, we're going to be talking about God did it. And we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. Very great verses to talk about what God has done for Christians, what God has done for his saints, right? And so we usually spend a lot of time, like I was saying, in that Bible time telling our kids. So this morning, I'm going to be telling all of you what God has done for us and how thankful we should be for that. So if you will, look at these few verses with me. Now, I will go ahead and let you know, we're going to be looking throughout really a lot of Colossians because uh, these verses here are really a great summation of what Paul is going to talk about through a lot of Colossians and um, something that we can uh, really focus on this morning. Notice Paul says here, giving thanks to the Father. Now, um, I'm going to go ahead and give you the context because that's just how my mind works. But if you were to go back up into Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul is talking about how to walk in a worthy manner of the Lord, right? And that's by being filled with his will. And a part of walking in a worthy manner is giving thanks to the Father, right? And so uh, he's going to say in verse 12, giving thanks to the Father. And he's going to explain who God is and what he's done. Notice he says, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I want you to take notice of those particular verbs that you, maybe you already noticed as we were reading through this. It's these past tense verbs. Um, in the Greek, they're called aorist, but they're just past tense verbs. Now, Paul is talking to Christians, and he's letting them know this is what God did for you, right? Um, number one, he has qualified you. Number two, he has delivered you. And number three, he has transferred you. Now, me being simple-minded, there's a three-point sermon. And so that's what we're going to go through this morning. Talk about those three specific points that God did for us as Christians. And number one, he has qualified us. In other words, he says he's made us sufficient. God has made us sufficient. Well, then you have to ask, for what? What did he make us sufficient for? What did he qualify us for? Look at the rest of that verse. To share 
in the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, this is where it's important to understand what the book of Colossians, the letter of the Colossians about, right? And I'm just going to go ahead and be basic because um, uh, uh, that's how my mind works. But the letter of the Colossians was written by Paul to the church, the saints at Colossae. And what was happening to the saints at Colossae was there was this issue where people were trying to tell them they were not qualified to be Christians, right? Whether it was the pagan people who were saying they weren't qualified to be Christians or whether it was the Jews telling these people they were not qualified to be these Christian people, to be these uh, loved by God uh, people. Uh, But notice what happens here. God qualified them, right? God qualified these people to share in the inheritance. Now notice, you have to always look at that very last statement, in the light. Now the ESV, I, I don't think, does us, a deserv- uh, does us a good thing here because they take out the, 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 uh, the the in front of light. Well, that is helpful in understanding this is not just any light that God is talking about, that Paul is talking about. It's talking about the light. Jesus, right? And he's talking about how we are qualified. We are made sufficient uh, to share in this inheritance, right? And how important is that for us to understand? Numerous times um, in this letter, if you were to go through and understand why this was such a big statement to these people, right? If you were to look at chapter 2, verse 4, Paul says this, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. I don't want anybody to try and tell you you are not qualified. You are not sufficient enough to share in this inheritance, right? He then goes on to say in chapter 2, verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. Make sure nobody has a good argument and they're coming to you and saying, oh, you weren't of this upbringing. You weren't allowed to do this. Oh, you aren't able to see visions, so you're not able to do this. Oh, you aren't partaking of the right tradition, so you aren't able to be a part of this. And that's what Paul is trying to say here. Don't let anybody disqualify you. Again, he says in chapter 2, verse 16, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you. Don't let anybody say you're not allowed to be qualified to share in this inheritance. And then you have in chapter 2, verse 18, let no one disqualify you. It's not up to you or me whether I'm qualified to share in the inheritance. It's up to God, and God has qualified everybody, right? Uh, He has let everybody be qualified to share in the inheritance in the light, in Christ. And so we need to make sure we know who qualifies us or not. If you were to watch the game of baseball, this is a very important guy. He's called the umpire. He determines who's out or who is safe. A lot of times today, there are certain people who try to determine whether you are able to be saved or lost. Who determines that? God does. I don't. You don't. God does. He says, I don't care what family you are a part of. And if you were to read it in chapter 3, He talks about it doesn't matter if you're a Greek. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew. It doesn't matter who you are, right, as long as you are in Christ, as long as you are in the light. God qualifies you. It doesn't matter 
what other people say. And that should be very important for us and something we should be super thankful for, that God qualifies us, not mankind. Because, boy, we put a lot of stipulations on a lot of different things, and sometimes people try to say, you're not of this upbringing, so you can't be a part of this. God qualifies us, and that's something we should be thankful for. Number two, God delivered us. Notice he has delivered us from the domain of darkness, right? Now, this idea, the New American Standard will put rescued. If you really look into this uh, word and this word delivered or rescued, it has more of the meaning of drawing to oneself than merely rescuing from someone or something. Now, what are we being delivered from? What is God delivering us from? It says the domain of of darkness. Now, to be delivered from something, to be rescued from something, where do we have to be first? In that domain. Who put us in that domain? We did, right? If you were to go into chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, you'll start reading about what exactly we did to put ourselves in that domain. It says in chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, Follow along with me. But now you must put, a, put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you put off the old self with its practices. What is Paul letting these saints know? Look at what puts you in that domain of darkness. Look at who you used to be. You need to put off that old self, right? You don't need to have... Uh, angry speech. I love that song we sang, angry words, right? We can all be honest with ourselves. Before we became Christians, the frequency we used angry words was probably a lot higher, right? Uh, we were mean to people. We, we talked down to people. We gossiped about people. We lied to people. We don't need to have that, right? Because God has rescued us from that domain, and so we should put that away, what put us in that domain in the first place. Now, it's also important for us to understand that um, God is drawing us to him, right? He's drawing us to him. He's calling us, as some uh, translations we'll talk about later on, is how does God draw us to him? How does he draw us out of this domain of darkness? Well, Paul will talk about in, in chapter 1, verse 5, the idea of uh, this hope that was laid up for you in heaven, which they had heard about in the word of truth, the gospel, that was preached to them by Epaphras, who is this congregation's minister. Right? You'll find that in verse 7 and also later on in chapter 4, where we find out Epaphras is not with this congregation right now. Right? And so he's letting them know that God draws you out of the domain of darkness through the gospel. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2.14 will also agree with that idea that we are called by the gospel of God. Uh, God draws us to him through his gospel. And that's a wonderful thing, and aren't we thankful for that? That he draws us out of the domain of darkness by giving us the message of light. And I think that is such a beautiful statement that's so well put for us. Now, what is this domain of darkness like? Uh, you have to read in this letter down in chapter 1, verse 21, where he starts talking about, and you who weren't, were once alienated in hostile mind, 
hostile in mind and doing evil deeds. See, that domain of darkness is a place where you're alienated. Ephesians chapter 2 will talk about it's a place of no hope. I don't want to be in that place. And I'm thankful God draws us to him. And when I started thinking about this idea of drawing us to you, if you've ever been over to uh, Big Mama's house, uh, over on the Waldrop area, and she's got the, the old uh, dinner bell out there, right? And what's the dinner bell used for? To let everybody know who's outside working, it's time to come home. It's time to eat, and that bell draws us to, uh, and draws us away from that domain of darkness, which is called work, right? And we're able to go and finally fill our stomachs and be a part of all of that. Well, God, through the calling of his gospel, draws us out of the domain of darkness and into light and into this uh, wonderful church family, into the, uh, the light that we talked about earlier. Now, the last thing that God did for us is he transferred us. Notice he delivers us out. He draws us out of the domain of darkness through his gospel, and he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, verse 14, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The idea of transfer is pretty obvious. is to transfer from one place to another. Now, you have to start thinking as the things we've talked about this morning, what have we been transferred from, right? Well, we've gone from dead to alive, right? If you were to go down later on in this book, in chapter 2, verse 12, he's going to talk about uh, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you, verse 13, who were dead in your trespasses and the circumcision of your flesh, God made alive. God took us from being dead to bringing us to life. It, it, in this particular passage we're studying this morning, God took us from darkness into light. We also read he took us from being a stranger to being a citizen. He took us from being a sinner to a saint. He took us from being a lost person to a saved person. He transferred us from being sinful to sinless. Isn't that cool to think about how he transferred us into this kingdom, into this light, and how all of these different things happen? Because in this kingdom of his beloved son, what do we read about it in verse 14? We have redemption. We have the forgiveness of sins. Us sinful people, us people who are If you were to read again about in chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, these people who were just, we had foul mouths. We just talked mean about people. We were just angry people. God took sinful people and transferred them to be sinless people. And that's done through his gospel message as we just saw in being drawn out of the domain of darkness. And how wonderful is that? If you ever want to see a, a great depiction of what it means to be transferred, right? This is a great depiction. You have the death, burial, and resurrection. This is where we die and God makes us alive. We die to ourselves and God makes us alive. And that's what we were talking about in chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. How we are buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him 
through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. How did he do that? Just like he said, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. God made us alive, but first we had to die, didn't we? And through that death, we're buried in baptism. And just being honest, if you didn't go through a burial process, was it a real baptism, right? You see how multiple places in the New Testament there in Colossians 2, but also in Romans chapter 6, baptism is considered a burial where you go fully under, your body's washed with water and your sins are washed away and God makes you alive. And that's so wonderful. And we learn about that through his gospel message, the, the good news of Jesus, where this man, this man Jesus, lived a life, ministered for three years on this earth, and we see him going around, and at the end of his life, he's crucified. He dies, right? And then he's put into the tomb, he's buried, and then God raises him on the third day. That same process is spiritualized through our baptism where we die to ourselves, die to that sinful self that we are. We're buried. We have our sins washed away, and we're resurrected. We're brought out, made alive to walk in this newness of life. God did all of these great things for us, and that's why Paul is saying, be thankful for that. And I want to ask you this morning, are you thankful that God did that for us? I can't do any of those things. Right? I can't deliver myself, I can't transfer myself, and I certainly can't qualify myself, but God can, and he did. And that's something we should certainly be thankful for. As we close this morning, I want to go ahead and say a prayer for all of us and how thankful we are. And I want that to be on the forefront of your mind this week as we go throughout our week. Be thankful for what God has done for us. Uh, let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we love you and we thank you. We are super thankful this morning. God, for what you have done for us. Sometimes we lose sight of that uh, with all the craziness of this world going on, but God, you are an amazing God, and we're so thankful. We're thankful that you've qualified us. You've made us sufficient to share in the inheritance of the saints. Father, we're so thankful for that, and we know that we could never do that for ourselves. God, we're thankful that you have drawn us to you. From the domain of darkness, you've pulled us out, Father, through your gospel message, which is such a wonderful message. It's such good news to our ears, Father, and we're so thankful for that. God, thank you for transferring us into the kingdom of your Son, who gave us uh, the forgiveness of our sins by being washed in his blood. Father, we thank you so much for that, and I want to express our gratitude from everyone in here, and I know we're all thankful God, and we just want to say a special thank you this morning. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you find yourself here this morning where, as we were discussing this topic, you realize maybe I haven't been transferred. Maybe God has been trying to draw me to him through his gospel message, but I haven't been brought out of the domain of darkness and transferred into his kingdom. Well, as we've read multiple times, that happens at baptism, where we have our sins washed away, we're buried, uh, we die to our sins, we're buried in water, and we're raised uh, in newness of life. We're raised, we're made alive by God, and that happens at baptism. 
And, and maybe you haven't done that. Right? Maybe you weren't buried. You were a part of another religious group that doesn't see in the Bible where uh, we find ourselves to be buried. Well, in multiple places in Scripture, we see that. And maybe this morning you've realized, I, I want to be transferred into God's kingdom. Well, we can make that this morning happen. A and we'd love to do that for you. Or maybe you're not fully sold on it and you want to study about it. I would love to sit down with you and prove from Scripture uh, God's truths. Uh, that would just, you have to uh, catch me in the hallway or catch me in the foyer and talk to me about that. And I'd love to set up a time to study with you. Or maybe you're here this morning and you've walked away from God. In your life, you've been struggling. You don't know what to do. And so you thought, maybe I'll just do it on my own. And you walked away. But this morning, you're here and you want to come back to him and you want to ask for prayers. Uh, we would love and encourage you to make that this morning, uh, this morning as well. If you have a need, please come while we stand and sing the song of invitation. When we walk with